Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Charlie Kirk, welcome to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. How are you? Good, Judge. How are you? I'm terrific, thank you. I'm back from uh, vacation, and I come back, and the you know, country's in a mess. But then again, I guess if I were here, I would have been able to see it day by day. But, Charlie, I just talked about you and the fact that you're one of the people who's making a difference in this country, a huge difference. You wrote a book that uh, the college scam, how American universities bankrupt and brainwash away the future of the American youth. You didn't go to college, right? That's correct, yes. Okay, so what are you, what are you telling us in your new book, Charlie? Well, th- thank you, Judge. In the new book, I'm basically making the argument that some people should go to college, but the industry itself is disserving, uh, not serving young people well. In fact, too many people are going to college. For example, 40% of people that enroll in four-year college drop out, 40%. Uh, that, that's an extraordinary number. On top of that, another 41% of people, if they graduate and if they get a degree, and if they find a job, they'll end up finding a job in a career that does not require a college degree. Interesting. And not to, not to mention all of the student loan debt, the terrible woke ideas. And look, of course, college is necessary for some people, lawyers, doctors, nurses. But the vast majority of people going to college, Judge, are not studying those things. The vast majority of people are studying sociology or communications. And those are fine things to study. I suppose, but is it really worth a hundred to hundred twenty thousand dollars in student loan debt? Is it worth putting yourself in a compromising financial position mm-hmm. uh, alongside all of these bad ideas? So, what I'm arguing in this book is that the industry itself operates like a scam. And if and any other industry was like this, where you had forty percent of customers that wouldn't even complete from start to finish, if you had another forty one percent of people that actually don't use the thing that they went to go to college or went to the industry to get. So that's what we argue in the college scam. People can find it at collegescam.com. And Judge, you'd appreciate this. Um, I actually put the college industry on trial. I put forward a 10-count indictment. Um, I figured that the best way to persuade an audience is to act as if the audience is a jury and that I have facts that I want to try to bring forward to the um, potential jury to hopefully flip their mind and persuade them and convince them that college is not what it's meant out to be. Well, I agree with you, Charlie Kirk. And you know what's interesting? You know, when you say the 40% dropout, uh, that makes sense to me. But also 41%, if they graduate, go on to a job that is not really connected to the the, uh, major, to the, uh, the, to the, the career that they expected to be involved in. And I think that that is something that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but it's almost a cultural thing, Charlie Kirk, wouldn't you say that if you're not college educated, you're not considered, you know, sophisticated enough. And that yep. argument, I think, especially now after the pandemic, is losing some of its um, some of its shine, but also um, not just because of the pandemic, but because of people like you who are coming out and really exposing what's going on uh, in this this money making industry. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, I totally agree, Judge. First of all, there there is a lot of cultural pressure. Still people come up to me and they said, hey, Charlie, you know, if you go to college, you could really make something of your life. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do that in the next decade, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just it's just kind of part of how we judge success, that if you don't have the piece of paper, you're treated differently. And the mm-hmm. second part is you're, you're, you're exactly right. I think that COVID opened up a potential educational renaissance in our country where people are reconsidering education more seriously, at least in my opinion, uh, in the last 30 years and definitely, you know, in the last 10 years. People have been talking about education this much in a long time. And so what you saw during the pandemic especially is you saw these unbelievably high-priced universities that did not adjust their tuition at all, despite the fact going to completely online. And yeah. so it asked, a lot of students said, wait a second, then wait, what, what, why, why don't I get a little bit of an adjustment? Because the reason a college didn't do that, Judge, is they were afraid that all of a sudden that would open years of following questions of them adjusting their tuition when they're there in person. Interesting. Right? So they, yep. they couldn't budge an inch. And so you're totally right. Um, we're trying to destigmatize the idea of not going to college. Again, I totally admit in the book that college has a place in a, you know, functioning, you know, wealthy society, but I think 60 to 70% of the kids that enroll in, enroll in college should be going to community colleges instead, plumbers, welders, electricians, HVAC, computer programmers, things that four-year college doesn't always offer them. Well, let's talk about the ramifications of this. You know, let's talk about the fact that, uh, you know, you you go on The View to talk about your book and um, or, or did The View... No, I, I didn't go on. No, you didn't go on. No, they trashed you. You weren't even there, yeah. and they trashed you. That's right. And you considered it defamatory, and they basically said that uh, uh, that you guys were involved with neo-Nazis or something. Tell us about that. Yeah, it, it's all a bunch of garbage. You know, Judge, I really wish I could have went on. I, you went on a couple of years ago, if, not, if I oh, remember. Oh, yeah. Correctly. It was, a wild, it was, a it was wild. They <laughs> threw me out, and I was happy That's, to go. Yeah, they, they, they have a tendency to do that. So, yeah, it was it was really interesting. We had our amazing Turning Point USA Student Action Summit. You went down there, Judge. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Event. I was there. Yeah, 5,000 students. just And they're all, you know, super well-dressed and patriotic and not radical at all. And yet the media, they ignore that, right? So the, the during the event, there were these five lunatics that very well could have been Democrat paid operatives. I only say that. Because mm-hmm. we saw that in the Glenn Youngkin campaign. This is a strategy and a tactic we're seeing pop up more and more. Definitely. And I could go into detail, but but there were at least 10 or 12 very suspicious kind of characteristics with these quote-unquote neo-Nazis. But, okay, let's pretend that they were real. Th- they came out outside of our event. We were immediately notified, told our security to try to kick them out. We were told they can't because they're on public property. Some of our more um, bold students went out there and started to debate them and said, like, get out of here. You're terrible. Eventually, we told everyone just to leave them alone, and they left after 20 minutes. We sent out a press release condemning them, saying totally and unilaterally that that sort of imagery and that sort of just kind of scummy language has no place in civil society. Okay, Mm -hmm. we thought that was the end of it. The media wrote it up, and then, you know, they they wrote – I'd say the media did an okay job, not a great job. They made it seem as if the Nazis were there in support of us when they were protesting us. Anyway, who cares, right? The, The media does what they do, and I thought the story was over. The following Monday, The View comes, and Joy Behar starts on one of her nearly incoherent rants where she just starts saying random words and putting them together. And she says something like, Joseph, 
doubles and this whole thing. And right before break, Whoopi Goldberg got really excited, of course, not doing her homework. And she said that, quote, turning point was complicit because we let the neo-Nazis in. We let them into our ranks. Mm-hmm. Totally false, defamatory, slanderous. Not a, even so. The then opposite you you then demand an apology yes. and more because they defamed right. you. It was not true. That's right, exactly. And so we sent a cease and desist letter. There's other parts of the story where Whoopi actually tried to correct herself, but she did so incorrectly. That that's a longer story. But we sent a cease and desist letter. They read it publicly on air. Eventually, Whoopi offered this kind of half-hearted scripted apology which look i appreciate the gesture as an apology i'm trying to be someone who forgives i also struggle yeah. with this judge when it's so obvious she doesn't mean it so yeah it's just, yeah that's well look with, so. this is just a perfect example charlie kirk of how the left wants to demonize the right they don't care what the facts are but let's just demonize them but i want to talk to you you know your book is on the is on the issue of colleges and now you've got the Biden administration who's talking about getting rid of uh, college debt for young kids when mm-hmm. we've got more jobs available than ever when these young kids are, you know, have a whole lifetime ahead of them. And I keep saying, if you want to give anybody extra money, how about you give it to the veterans, the senior citizens who have to figure yes. out whether they can buy food or gas? Talk to me about that. Well, look, if we're going to do student loan forgiveness, let's make the colleges pay. This is something I say in the book, which is why don't you have the scam of the cartel or the cartel that runs the scam pay it off? For example, Harvard has a $55 billion tax-free endowment. Why don't they take $5 billion of that and wipe out all the student loan debt of every Harvard graduate over the last 30 years? Or how about University of Texas Austin? They have a $52 billion endowment. You know, student loan forgiveness is actually – and I tally it, by the way, Judge, the top – the top 10 endowments in America total over 250 to 280 billion dollars. Actually, more than that. The market down, is down a little bit, as your as your audience knows. But at the height of the market, it was well over 300 billion dollars tax free. And so, what these wow. colleges have actually become is they've actually become hedge funds with schools attached. Not all of them, but out the top 50 schools that you think of, even University of Michigan and. You know, University of Florida and Stanford, they have these massive multi-billion dollar endowments. And guess what? They don't use them for tuition assistance. They don't use them. They what do they use them, them for? For their, to perpetuate their own growth. The, the goal of the endowment mean? is to, well, to grow the endowment and to buy, to build new buildings. So endowments more than anything else is kind of to expand the real estate empire of the college. That mm-hmm. is one of the main missions. And then to preserve the assets and to grow the assets. Amazing. So Harvard's, in, Harvard's, Harvard's endowment, their goal is to make sure the number next year is bigger than this year. Well, all right. And, so let's move on yeah. to something else, Charlie Kirk, because I, I, I love having you on the show. I want to get your take on this. So we've got Brittany Griner, okay? This woman violates the law of Russia. Uh, there, she admitted that she had the, um, uh, the cannabis with, in hashish oil, no less. Uh, in her luggage. Uh, she never said anybody planted it. Um, she said uh, she was sorry that it was she didn't have any intent to violate the law. Um, but this is a strict liability crime. And now you've got the Biden administration all over themselves. But let me say one thing. As a prosecutor, they have a law. She violated the law. 
Clearly, the sentence was egregious, nine years. Why is the Biden administration so wild about getting her back that they want to exchange her for the merchant of death and the arms dealer? And now all of a sudden they're tying in Paul Whelan, who's an, uh, a Marine veteran who's been there for four years, a white guy that nobody's talked about for four years. Now all of a sudden they're like, OK, we'll bring him back, too. What's your take on the Brittany Griner case? Yeah, I mean, look, it's celebrity privilege, right? And so uh, Brittany Griner is um, a WNBA star. She shouldn't have done what she did. She's got to serve, you know, the penalty for that. And, as an, you know, she's a fellow American, and so I hope that our government does something to try to get her out. But the preference and the focus on trying to move around, you know, closely held Russian nationals or people linked to the Russian government is grotesque. But it's celebrity, it's celebrity privilege, Judge. The message well, it sends, you know, you know how many preachers and pastors are in third world prisons right now that don't get priority from the U.S. government? A lot. Well, look I at mean, Paul Whelan. And, you know, here's, exactly here's, right. the, here's the part of Charlie Kirk that really makes me wild. Uh, Brittany Griner, this WNBA star, she took a knee every time the national anthem That's was played. Exactly right. And then, as you know, time went on, she wouldn't come out of the locker room until they stopped playing the national anthem. And now she wants the cavalry to come and get her right away. This is unfair. Okay, there's no talk of her not being guilty. The the, the talk is, and I agree, that it was an egregious sentence. And, you know, they're playing games. It's Russia. But, you know, I got to tell you, you know, she hopefully she will start. And they will get her back when they exchange her for the merchant of death. They will get her back. Hopefully she will recognize what a great country this is. This is the United States of America. We honor this country. We honor the flag, the national anthem. And yet she despises it, but now she's in a bit of a bind. Do you think she'll change? Uh, I don't think so. She might be quiet for a little bit. But also we have to understand the Russians are playing us like a fiddle. They know exactly what they got here, right? They know that they have a left-wing anti-American activist, which of course then will get the attention of Joe Biden, right? Just Mm -hmm. think about if if Brittany Griner was – a patriotic, conservative, you know, <laughs> kind of like a Herschel Walker type athlete. Do you think Joe Biden would be mobilizing the U.S. government? Think about how sick that is, Judge. The it anti-American activist gets the priority from the government. But Russia knows what they're doing. Because, so they're over-sentencing Griner intentionally. They're treating her like garbage intentionally to try to get a prisoner swap in return. There's no question. Charlie Kirk, Russian it's always great doing. having you on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Tower t- uh, show. Good luck with your book. It sounds phenomenal. Uh, everybody ought to get a copy of it. Basically, the college scam, how American universities bankrupt and brain away the future of American youth.